Hello, and welcome to the Strong as a Mama podcast. I'm your host, Mary Hansen. Today's guest is Ashley Sorensen. She is amazing, you will learn. She is a core and pelvic floor specialist in southern Utah. And how I know Ashley is she is actually one of my sash sisters in the Mrs. Utah pageant. This is my first time interviewing one of my sash sisters, and she is just incredible. She Her title is Mrs. Washington County, and we have so much to learn from her. So thank you so much, Ashley, for being here. Thank you, Mary, for having me. I'm so happy to be here, and I'm just so grateful for the pageant so far, for bringing us together. And yeah, I love everything you do. I love the podcast. Thank you. I love everything that you do. I actually, so this is both Ashley's and I first time doing a pageant, right? I'm right on that, right? Yep. Okay. It is. Yes, this is I, my very first. I knew that, but then I second guessed myself for just a second because you are so polished and it doesn't make sense that this is your first time doing it. <laughs> but I, um, I didn't really know how this all works and I didn't know how it works with um, platforms or anything. And so when I like barely first, um, joined the pageant, I saw your socials and I, and I had been thinking of, you know, focusing on, um, postpartum and maternal mental health for my platform. And I saw that you'd posted that that was what you're a big part of what your platform was about. And so I just kind of assumed like, Oh, I'll have to choose a different platform because somebody's already covering that. And I didn't know, you know, how that works. And I felt like, I'm like, this girl's obviously a lot more qualified than me to have that platform anyway. So uh, it's rightfully hers or whatever. But then I learned, no, it doesn't matter. Like, we all have our own take on things and our own spin. So I'm so grateful that we're able to come together and collaborate on this. And I just, that's one of the things I've loved about the pageant experience is it's so much more collaborative than anything else. Oh, definitely. And I had similar feelings as well going in, like, I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I don't want to do these things. But as we've got to know each other more, we've realized just how different it is what we what we teach and the way we talk about it. But also, you are 100% qualified because you've had the experience. That's what qualifies us more than any textbook certification that we could possibly hold is going through the trenches in real life and learning from the messy stuff and bringing ourselves back up out of it so that we're able to talk and share. I wish that we could just be qualified based on reading something on the internet and <laughs> saying that we're great. Seriously. Yeah. I, I, I'm getting a little bit like, um, off topic. I'll, I'll get back on track in a second, but it's so true. My degree, um, my bachelor's degree is in family studies and I took so many parenting classes and child development classes and infant development classes, um, as part of my major. And I, I kind of thought that I had a leg up on this whole motherhood thing a little bit like okay I I know these like you said textbook things and it's just I mean <laughs> how it actually applies when it is your everyday life is it's pretty much useless not really but I mean it's it's good knowledge but there's there's nothing like the real experience so 
Anyways, okay, before we get too much into talking about motherhood, will you just introduce yourself to us a little bit? Yeah, definitely. So my name is Ashley Sorensen. I live in the beautiful southern Utah, Red Rocks, everything outside. It's my favorite place ever. I have been married for just over 10 years, and we have three beautiful living children, and I also experienced a miscarriage between my second and my third. So like you said, the textbook things, we do all of our studies, but once you've lived it, it's a whole different story. And I feel like I've had the opportunity, we will call it the opportunity, to experience a lot of different aspects of motherhood and of pregnancy, birth, postpartum, because each of my experiences has been so different. Absolutely. That is something that has really stood out to me talking to you is like, wow, she's kind of experienced it all. You know, you've experienced, like you said, loss and you've experienced um, postpartum mental health struggles and and physical struggles and just so many different things. And I love that you choose to take those experiences and help other women. It's so, so impactful. So let's go ahead and back up to before you became a mom and what did life look like for you and kind of what were your expectations like going into motherhood and how did that transition pan out for you? Yeah, I was one of those girls that always knew I wanted to be a mom. That was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I don't know. Whatever I do for a career will be great. Actually, I always wanted to do something related to being a mom. I was either going to be a pediatrician or an OBGYN or like those are my big aspirations were being a mom doctor or a child doctor. Um, And I got married at 18 and was pregnant with my first daughter late in the year of being 19 years old. So I had my first baby at 20. I feel like I got to experience the first time mom life very, very early on in my marriage and just overall in my life. But I did know that I want to be a mom. So why not, why not just get started? So we dove right in. My first pregnancy, I was very naive, just listen to everything the doctor said, listen to everything that was shared on a Facebook post. This was when mom groups were really starting up on Facebook and it was just my Bible. (laughs) I was all in that. And that first pregnancy was honestly very simple, very easy. I was slightly sick in the beginning and then I had, I had a great pregnancy. I had a fairly average birth and then I don't know have I'm sure most people have but there is a song that's fairly new it's called growing up raising you by Gabby Barrett and that song summed up my entire experience with my daughter with having her young and just we learned along the way and two and a half years later I had my son and this pregnancy was so, so different for me. Anxiety was at the forefront of my mind all the time. I was very worried about 
I love my daughter so much. She is my world. How can I possibly have another child? How can you love someone as much as I love this little girl? I'm sure a lot of moms can relate to that. And it was hard. I had a lot of anxiety about that. How am I still going to be the best mom to her if I have another baby here? And then I started having some pretty uncomfortable physical symptoms, lower back pain. My pelvis was so painful that when I would walk up the stairs to put her to bed, I would sit down to slide back down the stairs because it just, my pelvis hurt so bad. And I've always been very active and very involved in the fitness industry, but there wasn't much that was helping me at that point. I was still kind of forcing my way through exercise and I enjoyed the physical or the emotional aspects that exercise was giving me, but physically it was probably causing more damage than relief at that point. And that's when I decided that I was going to, I was going to figure this out. Like this can't be what I'm stuck with for the rest of my life. If my pelvis and my back hurts like this for the rest of forever, we're in trouble. So I did a lot of research. I became a certified personal trainer throughout that pregnancy and the early months postpartum with my son. And that's when I really started my like research. We can't take it for face value when somebody says that's a normal part of motherhood, that's a normal part of pregnancy. Because if you're miserable, you you deserve better, right? Yes. And so that was a very transformative time for me because I began to question things and say, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to be hurting. I want to be able to be a fun, active mom. And at this point, I'm barely 23 years old. Like I have a long time of being fun to go. Right. And yeah, that's when my career really launched in postpartum fitness. And then that transformed to what I do now, which is postpartum corrective exercise. And along that time of postpartum corrective exercise, I got pregnant with my third And we were surprised, but so excited. We had thought that boy, girl, we were done. And our family was so excited. We told the kids who were now five or seven and three, four. My kids are old enough to know what was happening. And then a few weeks later, I had a miscarriage. Mm. And it had taken all of the confidence that I had built up through personal training, through corrective exercise. It took a lot of that away. I had felt like, not that my body was everything, but I was, I was proud of the things that my body was able to do after having two kids. And it took a lot of that trust and appreciation for my body completely away. I was like, if my body can't hold a pregnancy, what am I doing? Right. I must be doing something wrong. And that's when my mental health went from just the anxiety to more depressive thoughts and more, I just must not be good enough. That was a really dark period. But at the same time, I was still a mom of two. And so it was 
these thoughts inside, but on the outside, still trying to present myself as this fun mom, this active personal trainer, staying active in my community. And I kind of felt like I was living two lives. Um, And so there is where my journey changed from just the physical to, okay, now I really need to focus on the physical and the mental. And how can we work these things together? Because just exercising isn't enough self-care for me to pull myself out of this. And something that I think people don't talk about very much is the the physical things that you're left with after a miscarriage. You, My miscarriage happened at nine weeks. I ended up carrying, we lost the baby at nine weeks. I ended up carrying to a full 14 before everything was gone. It was a very long drawn out process, but there was a lot of physical symptoms and <laughs> damage done. A lot of the things that happened early pregnancy, I think started to get soft, more uncomfortable. My back pain started kicking up again. And then we're left with some of these physical symptoms, but we don't have a baby. And so sometimes we're not given the, the postpartum care or we don't give ourselves the grace of taking time off because there's not a sweet little baby in our arms. And it's, I've seen that with a lot of women where you have a miscarriage and we feel like we're just supposed to show back up to work on Monday and hit the gym the very week because the restrictions are not as detailed Yeah. after a miscarriage. That is so interesting and when you think about it for even two seconds it makes no sense because you literally were pregnant and you also have to you know pass that baby give give birth to um whatever has developed so far of that sweet baby like you're going through the whole the whole thing you know and so it actually makes no sense that we're not treating it like its own postpartum period, you know? Yeah, definitely. And which is something that is so great that I've been able to use, use my platform and use opportunities like this, just here speaking with you and to the listeners of your podcast, just stop and think whether it's a woman who has had a miscarriage in the past and is feeling the same way I was like, oh, my body is just not doing what it's supposed to, or heaven forbid anyone who is listening that has a miscarriage in the future, just that reminder that, yeah, your body's gone through the pregnancy and the hormone shifts that come with that so very quickly. And yeah, there's there's a lot post-miscarriage that, again, I had read about, <laughs> but then... I was experiencing that firsthand and it felt just so much deeper, so much different. What do you think was probably the hardest part about, about going through that? I mean, there's, I'm sure there was a lot of hardest parts, but what's something that stands out? Just regaining trust in myself overall, regaining that trust that I can come back from this. I can come back from this physically, but not only can I come back from this physically, but emotionally. And this is the point in my journey where I really started learning more about meditation and about 
the mind-body connection and how movement, I don't even want to call it exercise. Exercise makes people envision lifting weights in the gym, but how movement can really have such an important impact on mental health. And especially when it is integrated in a way that really connects your mind to your body, we're able to release a lot of trauma, a lot of stress through movement. So it was incredibly eye-opening to me as I went through this stage where I couldn't lift as heavy as I was before, and I couldn't push as hard as I was before in my classes. And as a trainer, that's hard. When the eyes are on you and you're the teacher, it's hard. But I, I couldn't do that, and it took a lot of time stretching and breath work and meditation to kind of build that confidence back up. So that was the hardest part, but it was also the greatest part. Isn't it funny how that always happens? <laughs> yes. It's so painful at the time that happens, but it's by design, I think, um, that it happens that way. So I want to hear kind of the, um, the rest of your, your motherhood story of, of, you know, of your, your children and everything. And then there's, you know, a few different directions that we'll, we'll want to go with the conversation, but you do have, um, another little boy, which like, he's not that old. Isn't he only he's, one? He is. He's one. Well, he's one and a half, but we're going to keep him one until he turns yeah. two. Cause he's my baby. Um, yes. So after, after that miscarriage, we knew that there was, there was more to our family. My kids were, my older kids were just, oh yeah, like we need, we need a baby. So it took us a minute to get pregnant with him. And again, by, by design, I think I needed that time to, to heal. And my pregnancy with him was high risk based on the previous miscarriage. And then I had what was called placenta previa, which for those of you who don't know is when the placenta is below the baby. So if you were to go into labor or have any contraction or dilation, the placenta would separate and you would deliver the placenta first. And in before we got anatomy scan ultrasounds, this was something that would definitely kill the mother and could potentially kill the baby as well. So this is a huge complication, which thank heaven for modern medicine, we were able to catch that at 20 weeks and know exactly what it was, how to treat it, and how to prepare for that. So the only way to deliver when you have a complete placenta previa is via C-section. And it's very common for women to go into early labor. So I was watched very closely. I was put on physical restrictions, which then took me even deeper into that I can't lift heavy. I can't go hard at the gym and how grateful I was for those other tools that I had developed, the breath work, the meditation to help ease the anxiety and the fear of a high-risk pregnancy. So we made it through that high-risk pregnancy with a lot of prayers <laughs> and he was born at 36 weeks. So he was technically a month early, but with the preparations we had made, he was just over six pounds and perfectly healthy. And he's just, he's given us a run for our money health-wise a couple times in the last 18 months. 
but he is the piece that completes our family oh my goodness how precious i i forget sometimes like that you have such a little one because you you've your kids and then you got such a little one and um wow like you really have been through so many different things on your motherhood journey and something that really stood out to me is i love how you touched on where in your high-risk pregnancy, where you're put on so many physical restrictions, it caused you to, again, dig deep as, you know, as a personal trainer, as a fitness enthusiast, it caused you to dig deep and it sounds like almost appreciate your body and get in touch with your body in other ways that are different than lifting weights at the gym and all that kind of stuff. Am I, am I like reading you right in between the lines on that? Yeah, most definitely. And with my specialization in the core and pelvic floor and corrective exercise, again, I think all of the all of the experiences that I had had leading up to this, the experiences I've had as a personal trainer, the experience with my miscarriage really prepared me to go into this high risk pregnancy with knowledge, which was so empowering to have to have the information and to really make it through that with a trust for my body and a trust for my medical team, because it was a very medically needy pregnancy. We had a lot of ultrasounds and we had a lot of appointments, but I was able to feel as safe as you possibly can through a high-risk pregnancy because of the tools that I had developed. And I was able to keep not keep the anxiety away because it was definitely there, but I was able to keep the anxiety at bay with the tools that I had learned of, yeah, breathwork and meditation were just so huge for me and prayer, breathwork, meditation, and prayer were the things that took me through that. And now that I'm not pregnant and just a mother of three with all of the things a mom of three deals with, breathwork, meditation, movement, and prayer are my little toolkit that I lean on when my anxiety or depressive feelings start to creep up. I have those tools that I can pick through and get through the situations. Wow. Breathwork, meditation, movement, and prayer. Like, I just feel like that. I mean, what else do you really need? That's amazing. We need it on a shirt. <laughs> what we do. It needs to be on a That should be like your platform, I don't know, slogan or something. <laughs> slogan. Yes. That's pr- it's my catchphrase. Exactly. Okay. So I feel like it's probably safe to say that you've probably transformed a lot as a person since that 19-year-old becoming a mom for the first time. Um, what are like the main ways that you feel like your experiences in motherhood have transformed you? Oh, like you said, there's a lot (laughs) and there's so much with, with each child, but it really has just been a, a growing up and gaining confidence in my version of motherhood. I don't parent like everyone and my experiences are not the same as other people and just having that confidence that I am the mom that these kids need that each of them are the the kids that I need 
and they their personalities are all so different and the experiences we have and the conversations we have together are all so different which just again leads me to that confirmation they are the humans that I am meant to have in my life and I've been trusted to raise them my way and with my intuition a mother's intuition is so strong so strong and the only way that we can really get better in that intuition and learn to trust it is by by trusting it on all of the little things and yeah the 19 year old 20 year old version of me with my first baby would have listened to any piece of advice anyone would have given me if somebody said don't feed that to your baby I would have said okay and never done it again and now somebody says don't do that I smile and nod and say okay (laughs) and I I do it my way I love that I love that I think learning to trust your intuition as a mom and getting in tune with that is truly one of the most powerful things you can do. And it provides you with so much peace because the information out there, if you're going to rely on external information, it's all so conflicting. You can literally find things that support anything. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Whatever you want to believe, you can find the evidence to support it. So exactly. And each child is so different. And you as a mom, you have your own needs, like the things that you need to feel sane and well as a mom might be different than what I need to feel sane and well, you know? And so I just love that you touched on that, how individual it is. That is so awesome. And ever changing. It changes with, with each phase of childhood too. Like my oldest is nine and the way I parent her at nine is very different than the way I did when she was younger. She wants more freedom. And it's really fun to see that change as our kids grow up. So I have, I have this little nine-year-old, what feels like a preteen. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have a little toddler. So I'm living in a couple different worlds of motherhood right now. You totally are. That is so fun. Is, is your daughter so excited to come see you in the pageant? Oh, she is. Her wardrobe was planned long before my pageant wardrobe was planned. She has her outfits down. For the for coming to see the pageant, those outfits? Just coming to watch. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Fashionista. That's so fun. She's going to be just so proud of you seeing you on that stage. It's going to be really fun. I tell everybody that they have to be quiet in the audience because if I hear my husband or my kids voices I might just lose it up there and oh my goodness turn into a big puddle seriously well when um we actually at our last pageant workshop when they were teaching us you know some of the walking patterns that we're going to be doing on stage um one of the gals teaching us she she gave this lovely piece of advice (laughs) That I don't know if I'm going to be able to apply. I don't know if she if she said it in your group as well. But she said, like, in your evening gown, when you take that final moment where you kind of take your final pose on the stage, look out and find, like, your husband and your kids and your mom and dad and look at them. And it'll just make you glow on the stage. And she's just, <laughs> and I'm crying just thinking about it. And... I'm like, I don't know if I'll be able to do that because I'll probably just 
burst into tears. Yeah. You want me glowing? I'm going to just pretend I'm in my own little world. You want me sobbing? <laughs> then let me look at my children. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So awesome. So um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about how the physical and the emotional side of our well-being and especially as moms are so important and they're so related. Um, that is something that I have had to learn so much. And it's not just about, like we said, fitness or looking a certain way or being you know, this like super fit looking mom who's always at the gym or whatever. It's not, it's not just a matter of that. Cause when you're in pain, um, then that's not necessarily the priority. If it like is causing you serious pain and discomfort to exercise. And yeah, I, I mean, we could just tackle this topic in so many different ways. I don't even know where to take it first, but what are your your initial thoughts on just the importance of that and how they're related. Yeah. The last three to five years of my personal, as we just discussed, but also my professional life have been more dedicated towards that. So going from being a personal trainer to being a core and pelvic floor specialist. So I no longer see women for the get fit, lose weight type of exercise I see women in that position that I was with my second baby when they are in so much pain that they're sliding on their butt down the stairs because it hurts too bad to walk. And those are the clients that I'm, that I'm seeing or women who have had just recently had a baby trying to get back into exercise and they're unable to perform any of the movements that are being prescribed by their trainer, their coach because of the pain and the discomfort and honestly the disconnect. I'm sure a lot of women can relate, but it's really hard to flex your abs and to engage to your pelvic floor after you've had babies. Everything gets stretched out and there's a lot of scar tissue sometimes. And if you have a C-section, it's a whole other book of rules of how your body responds to exercise. But then there's also the mental aspect to it, to where just like I was after my miscarriage and during my pregnancy with my youngest, it takes a toll when you are not feeling good about the way you look in the mirror. And it takes a toll when you're hurting and tired and not able to play with our kids. I've never met a woman who has said, I don't want to be around my kids. I don't want to play with them. I don't want to be with them. I think that every every mother wants that, but for a lot, it's very difficult. Like If you can't sit on the floor without your back being in excruciating pain, it's hard to play blocks with your 18-month-old. Or if you are having a hard time walking while carrying a baby because your core isn't able to support you, that takes a serious toll on a mother's emotional well-being because we want to be there. We want to show up for our children. And so that's, that's what I do for my career is help women figure out those things that are causing pain. And we work on the core and pelvic floor and the posture to really bring the strength back to your body so that you can show up the way that you would like. 
I love that so much. I think it is so amazing that there is help available for those things. I experienced um, pubis symphysis really bad. I When I hear people call it lightning crotch, I'm like, yeah, that is. A yep. <laughs> There's if you felt it, that's the most spot on name anyone could have ever come up with. Exactly. It's so debilitating. And I, I was given misinformation from my medical providers that I was told if it's going to go away, it will go away on its own. And my baby was about to turn one and it still hadn't gone away. I was in so much pain. I, the only way that I could get, like, if I was on the floor and going to get up, I had to get on my hands and knees first and then get up. And it was even then really painful, but otherwise I would just be too wobbly. I couldn't even like get up just kneeling. Um, and I finally went to, it was a, she's a pelvic floor physical therapist who lives by me. Um, and just a few appointments changed my world. Like I got my life back. I felt like, and I, my mind was just blown. I'm like, how come my, my medical provider didn't, you know, give me, point me in this direction or give me these tools or anything. It was just kind of like, well, this is your quality of life now. And it's just amazing to me how easily so many of these issues can be fixed with the right expertise like you have. And so like my friends all the time now, when they complain to me about the different pains and things they have after having babies, I'm like, do not settle for this. Go and get help from a specialist because you can be totally fine again and it's not worth it to suffer through the pain. Yeah, there is nothing that makes me more frustrated than hearing it'll go away after delivery or hearing it's normal because you're a mom. Like you can be a mom and you can jump without peeing and you're able to have a good intimate relationship with your spouse again after having kids and you should be able to get up off the floor in your 20s and early 30s without having to crawl right and we that's that's the big message that's the most important part and whether it's physical whether it's mental if you are struggling if you're uncomfortable there is help. We don't need to just settle for being told you're a mom now. This is what life is. You're a mom now. We need to have the best quality of lives for life for ourselves so that we're able to show up for our children the way that they need us. Yeah, it's not it's not selfish at all. It's equipping ourselves to be the best mom we can be and and be able to do like being a mom's a pretty demanding job. So we need to be in the right condition for that. And um, I loved what you said. I'm kind of backtracking now, but earlier you mentioned, you know, that it takes a toll when you, when you are in pain, when you're trying to play with your kids and it takes a toll to not feel good about how your body looks and things. And Kind of what I heard listening to you is like, it's okay to want to take care of yourself and it's okay to want 
to change and improve things about your body in a loving way. It doesn't mean that you're vain or that you're being selfish if you want to be able to exercise again without pain. And if you want to be able to get in shape again, would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. And there is so much, the internet is a lovely place, but there's so much out there about this, like love your body just the way it is. But sometimes I think that we need to love her enough to give her the support she needs. That doesn't mean that you need to be a specific weight or a specific size. But that means if you look in the mirror and you're not happy or you don't feel confident or if you're in pain, there's something that you need to address mentally, physically. We've got to address those things because we do, every single one of us, man, woman, child, we all deserve to have the best quality of life possible. And it's not... It doesn't come from a self, a place of self-hate. It comes from a place of self-love, being able to make changes when changes are needed. I love that so, so much. I love it so much. And I think that, you know, it can be a journey to get there for sure. Cause sometimes we struggle with feeling like, you know, it's vain or selfish to want to focus on our own health and abilities and all those things. But it's, uh, I just, for myself, like, it's been such a journey even recently with doing the pageant to choose to prioritize my health and to realize that, like, it's not going to happen unless it is a priority. And I, yeah, definitely. Yes. And I've, I've felt like such a better, such a present mom in doing so. And so anyway, it, it's such a journey, but it's so important. Um, so you've, you've told me before that a lot of times when clients come in and see you for core and pelvic floor issues, a lot of times you, you are huge with breath work. You help them with that. Sometimes you're, um, referring them to therapists because like you can't just address the physical, right? It's so connected to the emotional. Yeah. And if it, if it does, it, it goes both ways, right? I always joke like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Are you depressed because of the physical problems or do you have some of the physical problems because of the depression or the anxiety or the mental struggles that you're facing? And in the very first appointment with me, we go through a questionnaire where we talk a lot about the physical symptoms that women are having, how they feel about themselves physically. But then we also talk about where are you emotionally? Where's your stress levels? Where's your, just, where's your head? Because sometimes I see women who are saying, I've got to get in shape. I've got to lose weight because they don't have that appreciation for themselves. And that's when we need to start with the mental stuff. And there's also sometimes that the physical symptoms are caused by trauma, whether that be a birth trauma or a sexual trauma when we deal with the pelvic floor, a lot of our emotions are stored in the hips and the pelvis and the pelvic floor. If we are unable to release those traumas in our mind, anything that I do with my clients physically, any of the stretches, any of the rehabilitation exercises, none of that work is going to stick. 
if they're constantly reliving that, their muscles and their body is really responding. Yeah. Wow. That's so fascinating to me. That's so incredible. It makes so much sense, though. It absolutely does. Yeah. Some of the most common things that I see, even in women without a, a major trauma, but just the, the stressful life of a mom or a very anxious minded person, which I relate to, but you tend to hold a lot of stress up in your shoulders. And when you hold the stress in your shoulders, that then puts stress on your hips and your pelvis. So a lot of these women are shrugging up their shoulders, holding the tension in their shoulders, clenching their jaw. They're also glute squeezers. So they're squeezing their glutes while they do the dishes or every time they're driving, you're in just a really tight clenched position. And if that's caused by the anxiety, we really have to address the anxiety because one hour of working out, even if you're very consistent and do that every single day, you're spending 23 hours tight and tense and feeling all of that. We've really got to kind of even, even those things out. Wow. That really puts it into perspective that, yeah, if you're, if you're spending your whole life, um, in anxiety and depression and, and all these things, then why would that not be the most important thing to kind of tackle first? I don't know. That just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. We, we address that first. And there's been cases where I just refer people out to, to therapy or to other mental health professionals. And six months later, they come back and we're ready to start. Or sometimes it's quicker than that. Sometimes we're able to do both at the same time. But yeah, we, ha- we have to have, we have to have both. I don't think it's possible to have lifelong results or progress in either the mental or the physical side without really treating both. I love that. I mean, with my own experience um, and my own weight loss that I've experienced recently, I... I I experienced, and I know that we're not just talking about weight gain and weight loss here at all when we're talking about the physical and emotional side, but just to give kind of an example, I, so I experienced weight gain after I lost my mom about a year and a half ago. And obviously that was very emotional weight gain. Um, I was really in survival mode. And I, I think that when we're in survival mode, we we hang on to everything. And I was really hanging on to the, a lot of weight. And, um, I tried coming at it from so many different ways to, to lose the weight. And I, um, like I've never, ever liked counting calories. It's never worked for me, but I was like, well, I just have to count calories because like nothing else is working. I just have to do this. And like that backfired. And, like, I have to try this diet. I have to try that. I have to just all these things trying to make it happen. And all it ever did was spiral me into a horrible place mentally and feel horrible about myself and just backfire. And for me, it was not until I finally addressed it first from an emotional, mental, self-identity perspective was I ever able to make progress? Um, 
and it's happened so like without the answer wasn't just to try harder or to force things harder. The answer was to come at it from a different, a different angle. So I just, I'm so big on, on coming at it from a physical, mental, spiritual, emotional place, wherever you're dealing with that. And your journey has been so incredible and so inspiring. And like you said, like, I mean, losing weight is never easy, but the ease that has come with it versus the way that it was before, after you have that mental health in a more, in a more secure place, which is why you are so perfectly qualified to speak on this subject and to teach on this subject because you've been there. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, I could, I could literally talk about every subject that we've touched on for like five hours each. <laughs> yeah, we need a whole series. A series here. where we talk about every single thing. Um, but I want to ask you, so yes, I'll ask you this first and then we'll, um, we have a little deal for our listeners, for anybody who might be interested in working with Ashley and she does work. She does do virtual sessions if you're not local. So we'll share that in a minute. But first I, I just want you to picture somebody listening who has, who is in one of those dark places that you've been in. Um, whether it be, um, with your miscarriage or, with dealing with not trusting your body or um, just whatever, whatever that darkest place has been for you. If there was somebody listening who was right where you've been, what's the one thing that you would want them to know? Just you have survived 100% of your bad days. If you are here and you are listening to this, you've survived every single one of those really hard days that you didn't think you could get through. And this is another one of those things that you, you will survive and you will come out of it. It may not feel like it now, but there is something to learn in every single one of those. I hate the saying that everything happens for a reason. I don't know if there's ever a reason or for a miscarriage or for a loss or, but there is something good that you can create out of it. We'll have the answers for why and how and all of that eventually but as for now just take the next best step one little step at a time and reach out for help there is help in every single corner of this world and if you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help you can ask mary you can ask me i know that either of us would be so happy to have a conversation with you and point you in the right direction or just be a listening ear because we've been there. We felt those hard days. You're not alone and there is help. Yes, absolutely. I literally got shivers in my body when you said there is help in every corner of this world. That is so true. I have experienced help in the form of a kind word that somebody said to me at the grocery store. I've experienced help in the form of a conversation with a friend. 
or a song that came on the radio or something that my child said to me or, you know, not to mention actual like professionals who have changed my world in the ways that they've been able to help me. There is, there is help in every corner of this world and it will come to you and you are deserving of it. And what we look for, you will find if you're only looking for proof that life is over and that you're the worst, you'll find proof that you're the worst. But if you're, if you're looking for just those tiny little things, I always just say in my mind, like, okay, tell me if this is the right thing to do next. And like, whether you believe in the universe or whether you believe in God, whatever you believe in, there is just put it out there, put it out there to, to the world and say, show me that this is, that this is worth doing. And I believe that you'll find that song on the radio or that heads up penny on the floor or something, something will show up to show you that everything will be okay. That doesn't mean that it's going to be good right now, but that everything's going to be okay. I love it. This has been so beautiful, Ashley. Thank you so much. And go ahead and tell um, our listeners, first of all, how they can find you and then tell them a little bit about the offering that you have for them. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is ash.sorensen. So ash, short for Ashley, Sorensen is with an O-N. And I have a lot of free educational content about the corn public floor. Lately, there's also been a lot of fun pageant stuff. So follow along for all of that. And my virtual sessions, I am able to meet via Zoom. We're able to talk through a lot of the issues. I pride myself on referring you out if I feel like there's something that we can't address. But I have a special offer for anyone who's listening with for six sessions for $300, which saves you about $15 a session or gives you one free session overall and we can just meet and hang out over zoom make bad jokes and have a good time (laughs) truly Ashley is such a ray of sunshine every time I get to see her and talk to her she just uplifts my spirit and brightens my day so you will you will love working with her if you are needing help and truly you cannot you cannot put a price on your health and on being no longer in pain and discomfort when you've been in pain and discomfort. So I urge you, if you are experiencing that after having a baby, get help. Don't just settle for that being your new quality of life because there's help available. And I always say conversations are free. Like, don't feel like I'm going to charge you if you have questions. Like, let's talk about it. Let's find the best solution for you. But I always love sharing space with Mary. Like every time I get to see you, she's amazing. I love this podcast. I love all of the things that you're sharing. And I'm just honored to be here. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, listener, for tuning in. Remember that you are stronger than you think. And we'll catch you in the next episode.